welcome to episode one of the Don't Tell God podcast. On this episode, I get to talk to my good friend Roy Gomez about life and ministry. Now, I've known Roy for uh, about 10 years now, and uh, I get to interview him, dig a little bit deeper into his life and find out more about his journey. And there are a couple of things that actually impacted me in this interview. The first one was seeing God's faithfulness in his early life um, in regards to ministry, and even now. And the second is seeing Roy's commitment to his church, the fact that he loves his church, and he actually sets an example to all of us to be committed and faithful to where God has called us to be. Enjoy this episode, and hopefully it's a blessing to your life. Roy, welcome. Thank you. No, this is super exciting. I'm just uh, glad to be here. I've known you for a long time, and I love that you're doing this podcast. And um, so, yeah, that I get the privilege. It's, for me, it's a privilege, bro, that I get to be part of this. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you nah, for inviting me. Nah, it's, uh, thank you for accepting. <laughs> I was worried. If you said no, <laughs> I have no one else <laughs> to go Yeah, that to. makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um but look, I like you said, I've known you for a while. Um, some people listening to this podcast may know you, uh, Sando. But yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, family, um, your church, hobbies, whatever. You know, credit card details. I don't know what you want to <laughs> say. But yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yes. So um, first of all, uh, I'm a, like yourself. I'm a Latino. My yep. parents are from Ecuador, South America. I know you're from Central America, but. My parents are from uh, Ecuador, but I was born and raised here in Sydney um, and married to Maru. We've been married since 2001, so that's coming up to about 20 years now. Wow. Uh, we have two kids, Toby, who's 16 years old, and Mia, who's 10 years old. Okay. And then what I do, uh, I'm a pastor. I'm the pastor of Aloha Community Church, which is in this area, the St. George region. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like hardly anybody knows where Aloha is. So I try to describe it by saying it's in between Hurstville and Cogra. That's yeah. probably the best description. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it there. been there for about 10 years now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, you've been there for a while, which is which is awesome. Like just before we were talking about um, long service leave. Um, but, you know, some of the things for myself that I see from you is not many people actually or pastors stay at a church for that long. And uh, yes, I want to congratulate you because I think that's that's awesome. And I think there will be some fruit or you already have seen some fruit in that. But how, how did you manage to get to Aloha? Because I know you went to Bible College uh, when you were young with Maroon. That's how you met Maroon, is that right? At Bible College? That's no? correct. Yeah. That's correct. I pretty much finished high school and uh, went to Bible College uh, over in Argentina. And... That's where I went, Maru. She's from Argentina. She's from over there. So, yeah, we pretty much uh, finished Bible college. So we did three years there. Um, and, and by Bible college, I just want to make that clear. It's not like, you know, SNBC or, or Mauling. You know, it's not like a seminary okay. in, a, okay. in that sense. Not like more. Like, not like you know, more. Yeah. De- definitely not like more. Uh, it was more like, I, I like to refer to it as, a, as like a glorified gap year. Just instead of one year, <laughs> over three years. Okay. But the level, it's... Uh, it, it basically, this particular Bible college prepared us for youth ministry, yeah. camping ministry. Yeah. Um, and so we, yeah, we finished up, we got married thinking that we would become missionaries. We'd, you know, take over the world and become, you know, ministry to, to youth and yeah. camps. Um, but then that dream was quickly extinguished because then we got married and life happened. And then... You need a race support to become missionaries, we quickly found out. And then that takes a time and a process. 
And so I had to go out and get a job. Wow. And then we got distracted by a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And uh, safe to say we didn't necessarily go out and become missionaries. Um, but, yeah, God had a plan and a purpose through all of that. Yeah. Um, good seasons, bad seasons, those first 10 years of marriage. Until finally, you know, 2009, we moved back to Australia. Wow. So you were, um, so when you finished Bible college, your plan was to become missionaries, is what you were saying before, yeah. and to do church, but it just never happened. Did you kind of lose, I don't know, I'm assuming you you both felt a calling. Like, did you lose hope in it? You're like, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we're not meant to be. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd say we, we chose each other and we got married because we sensed we both had that calling, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, we, we sensed that God wanted us to, to give our lives over to, to ministry, um, whatever that looked like, paid or unpaid, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, in that moment, though, we thought we would be missionaries um, with this particular organization. Um, but I needed to go out and get a job. So I started working initially for my father-in-law and, and his business. Um, that didn't go great. And all of this, again, her not being from Australia, you got to th- yeah. you got to you got to think about visas and all that kind of stuff. Th- add into the mix, we got, Marie got pregnant, wow. and uh, and our our first son kind of came a bit earlier than what we were expecting. Yeah. Um, so we're really young by this stage. We, we you know, Toby was born when I was uh, I just turned twenty three, pretty much. Wow. And uh, so we're still figuring out trying to. What it looks like to be young and married, and now parents, Jeez. and then Maru's visa gets granted, so we move back to Australia, thinking we're gonna okay, we're gonna start our life together here. A couple of years later, her father-in-law, my father-in-law, her dad passes away, so we come back to Argentina just for the funeral. Yeah, we thought we we're gonna be there two weeks, couple of weeks, yeah, and then come back. Uh, somehow we get convinced to 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 stay to work wow. for the family business. Yeah. To be around, you know, my mother-in-law who's grieving. You know, she's mourning. She just lost her, her husband. It'll be hard for Maru as well. It was hard like, for her. She yeah. wanted to be with her family. Yeah. And because Toby was, he was like two years old. So he was young enough where we weren't really, I was a youth worker in Australia at that time. Um, but we weren't established enough. We're like, yeah. you know, we, we could leave. And yeah. so I literally put everything on, oh, on a ship, all of our stuff. And we were going to be in Argentina for the rest of our lives. Um, but then... Working with the family didn't work out yeah. um, for various reasons. So I started, I, I actually started my own little business doing video, video videography. Yeah. Um, that led to a lot of distraction, you know. Um, it's not like you kind of wake up one morning and you say, you know, I'm going to stop going to church and I'm going to stop taking my family to church now. But that's kind of, you know, sort of what happened. My line of work meant, you know, with festivities and the way weddings and things work over there, you know, that, um, a wedding uh, reception might finish at 6, 7 in the morning on a Sunday. Man, yeah. They love to party. <laughs> they love, yeah, they love to party. And so, therefore, that, that's your Sunday morning yeah. church gone. That's it. And I'll, just go, I'll just go in the evening. I'll take my family then. But then evening comes and you get yeah. tired. One thing leads to another. So, you go from... Straight out of Bible college, ready to take on the world as missionaries. To now, I've stopped taking my family to church. So that's and all within a couple of years. All within those first wow ten or so years of our marriage. So we're, wow. we've we've had a lot of instability, a lot of back and forth, yeah, a lot of ups and downs. Again, I wouldn't trade any of it for, for anything because yeah. it was 
we needed that journey. Yeah. Um, our marriage needed to get to a point of, of breaking point to realize this is this is not where we need to be. Yeah. And, 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 and the reason we came back to Australia, to be completely honest, is you, you know where... Um, where Jesus says, you know, if your if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Your yep. eye, pluck it out. Symbolically, we, we sensed that Argentina was that for us in that moment. We needed to cut it off somehow, yep. and um, we needed a fresh start, start new. So yeah, end of the two thousands, so two thousand nine, we moved back to Australia. Yep. Still not. It's not like. Okay, now we're going back to, to, to ministry or anything. Like we'd missed, That's right. It's not like you felt called to yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. You were just going back to Australia we need, because we needed just a fresh start. start. Yeah. Uh, we come back to Australia. And in fact, I applied for the police force. I don't know if you, if you no, knew that. No, I applied no. for the police. I got in, got accepted, um, but then got rejected because of um, my BMI was, <laughs> was kind of out of whack, was too high. And so I was at a crossroads. I could now decide to become a police officer. Yeah. Um, I just need to train. I had, they gave me three months. Get, yeah. get, it, get it in check. In three months, you wow. can now join us. But it was in, in those three months, you know, we both just sensed, okay, it's, it's time to come back. You know, our, yep. our wilderness wanderings yeah, had yeah. ended and uh, God had brought us together to serve him. And so we knew. We just knew. Um, even though I'd done Bible college, we'd, we'd both already done it. Um, we needed more, more understanding, a deeper understanding of God's word. And so I knew a place like SNBC could offer yeah. that. So, yeah, applied for SNBC. Nah. How I got into that was, you know, pretty, pretty, the whole story because um, I, I literally applied a one week before classes yeah. were supposed to start. And the way God just orchestrated it, in, you know, they, they yeah. were like, come, start, we'll yeah. get the paperwork organized as you go, that kind yeah. of idea. And I did a, an interview and it was, was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, you see, this yeah. is exactly what God wanted for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there was another Bible college in my name that I was in. And I thought, did you, do you remember this? And you were... I think you're looking at potentially joining because of a mutual friend of ours. Yes, but you did, I don't know what happened. And maybe you saw me and you didn't want to be, do Bible college with me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in all honesty, it's good that you went to SNBC because that kind of opened the doors to where you are now at, at Aloha. I'm assuming, like you know, through well, I'm not sure if through the Bible college, but again, just stepping stones and you know, like explain a bit more about how you got to to Aloha. How I got to Aloha. Um... Yeah, look, look, definitely. I'm, I'm so grateful that I, that I chose. I mean, we've, Sydney is blessed to have so many good Bible colleges. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, I particularly enjoyed SNBC. Yeah. Um, but it was through, actually, it was through some mutual connections that I had. My, my brother-in-law, Malcolm Gill, who, who knew the pastor at, uh, it wasn't Alawa back then, it was South Hurstville Gospel That's Chapel. That's right, yeah. Um, he knew the pastor there and had other mutual friends who knew the pastor. So, so... So we end up, my wife and I, we end up going to one of their youth group services on a Friday night, randomly. Like, um, we, we end up going, I meet the pastor. We, we yeah. kind of hit it off straight away. And he's like, you should come, you know, jo- um, come to a Sunday service. Come visit yeah. us. You know, if, see, this is a, a place. Now, I was, at the, at the time, we were assisting a, a well-established church okay. that had just... People from, you know, um, Moore, SNBC, the Presbyterian College. Like, it was a wow. really well-resourced yeah. church. Yeah, yeah. And we just sensed that um, I, wanted to, I wanted to learn how to preach. I wanted to yeah. learn how to put all this stuff that I'm learning into practice. 
and and I guess I just always grew up going to small churches, right? Yeah. And so I just loved. I've always loved small churches, and yeah, maybe yeah. that's that's why we're still at at the same church, yeah. Alwa. Um, and so we hit it off. So we start going to a Sunday service, and literally in the first month, we're invited into um, three different homes of wow. three different families um, in that first month. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, actually, your 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 in laws were actually yeah. one of those families who invited us in. It was just, so straight away we're like, this is this is where we need to be. Yeah, this church gets it. This church gets community welcoming that's, the stranger. That's amazing because you think sometimes people choose church based on the preacher, mm. based on the music. Yeah, based yeah. On, but you're, you're saying that you got, you know, pulled in no, you know, beca- be- because of the love, the, yes. the action. That's, that's awesome. Yes. And we wanted to be part of that. Yeah. And, um, and so hit it off with the pastor and, and kind of right at the bat, you know, he didn't really know us, but there was just an intimate connection. And he's like, why don't you be, why don't you be like a, a student minister, you yeah. know, while you finish off at SNBC and, I st- didn't totally know what that meant or what that, you know, uh, involved, yeah. but I was like, sure. Um, now, due, due to, uh, you know, a few different events that happened, even in his life, in the pastor's yeah. life, he ended up moving on from the church, left a bit of a void, um, and then it was like, so we don't have a pastor anymore. Yeah. And I think the general feel was like, hey, Roy's at Bible college. I wonder if he should step into yeah. that role. I think he's read the Bible before. Like, <laughs> he, should, he should preach. Yeah, so... Look, at first we weren't really sure whether we sh- we needed we should we should do this. We f- yeah. I felt unequipped. I yeah, felt yeah. Um, like I described. Like it was only just a few years before that that I wasn't even going to church, right? Yeah, you know? that's and I crazy. Like this, I, I probably am not the right person to to be taking. And on top of all that, I'd maybe preached once or twice to a youth group ever before wow. taking on this role what? to give you some context. I did not know that. Yes. So that's, um, that just speaks to how loving and gracious this church is. Yeah. They allowed me to, to grow in all of those areas. Um, finally, the advice that we were given was, yeah, if, if you, if you scan through the, that's exactly the kind of people that mm. God used in the Bible. They weren't ready. They weren't equipped. Um, which means that therefore we need to rely on God's strength. You know, yeah. when, when, when we are weak, he is made strong, that kind of yeah. idea. So we jumped in wow. the deep end and uh, haven't looked back since. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Now, um, you're a soul pastor. And one of the things that, you know, um, I've noticed just talking to other pastors is that it's hard. Being a, being a soul being a pastor in general is hard. Um, being a soul pastor, I think, is is super hard. Um, you kind of have to uh, know a little bit of everything in regards to admin and maybe youth and maybe children. And mm. h- how do you feel about that? Like, you know, when you entered the role, they offered you the role. Did you honestly think, yes, yeah, sweet, I'll maybe do a sermon once a week, uh, lead a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night or whatever, and a couple of emails? Um, but yeah, how did you cope with the reality of what it actually means to be a pastor, and in your case, a soul pastor. Mm. It was it was um, an interesting transition. I'll say that because, like I said, I went from never preaching to having to prepare a sermon now um, once or twice a month. Wow! On top of that, I guess just always this this and this is true, especially earlier on, where and I've never been good at, at delegating. Yeah, you know, and you add to that, and it's not. You know, some people aren't good at delegating because they just believe they can do it better. So I don't yeah. want anyone else to do it. It's not that. It was more, 
hey, I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah. And so, so I the I, guilt? Yeah, I get all the burden of like... Wow. A, look, I would say there's this unhealthy feeling that you need to justify yeah. that you're getting a salary and so you yeah. need to do more or work more. I don't yeah. know if you've ever experienced that in your ministry. Um, but especially earlier on, you know, where... where I really sense the response. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, um, you don't really, not really given a job description, so you kind of just jump in and do try to do everything you can. Yeah, um, being a small church, usually, especially if you're a sole pastor, you've got your your hand in pretty much every yep. pie. And that earlier on, that was the case. Whether it was you know preaching, youth ministry, young adults. Wow. Um, but. In all of that, in all of that, we've been really blessed to have uh, just amazing people, young and old, yeah. who, in, in our church context anyway, um, do their part, mm. do their part. And so, has it been hard? Yes, it was hard because, I think, not hard because I never counted on the support of the church. Yeah. Hard because I needed to learn how to grow in these areas, how to, how to, to build a team around me. Yeah. And so, I had... Thankfully, those people around who are willing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, now we've got, you know, amazing awesome. people who, who are all volunteers, but yeah. they, they're the, the, the youth pastors, so yeah, the yeah. youth leader and the young adults person and kids wow. and all that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine, especially as a as a rookie, if we can use mm. that terminology, coming to church, you kind of do want to say, look, all right, I, I can do this. And I can, I can imagine why it would be so hard. Um, giving away stuff because you want to prove to people. Mm. At least I'm thinking, for, if I was in your shoes, yeah. I want to prove to people, yeah, I can do this. And you know, I'm the pastor, or student pastor. Um, but it seems like that, obviously, over time, ten years. Hopefully, you've learnt to delegate more, and it sounds like you have, which is which is good in regards to the church and um, the church and the volunteers are doing more. And I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. Look, look. Um, I don't know how some pastors or people yeah. do it where they go to church to church, you know, every three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, at least in, 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 in my case, I felt it took almost four, five, six wow. years for the church to even really get to know me and trust me. Yeah. And then anything after that is like, okay, yeah. now we, we really get, get to work and we really yeah. get to, you know, um, and uh, to to to, have, yeah. to move around every every three that's, or four years would be difficult. Well, that's interesting because one of the things that um, at least what I find in my circle and what people say in past is like, okay, you know, you come out of Bible college, doesn't matter what Bible college it is, and usually they say, okay, I'll go to become a youth pastor, and then the next step, you know, level up associate pastor, and then level up again a senior pastor, mm-hmm. and a lot of times these pastors stay at a church, you know, maybe two three years. Four years, I think some stats say, and they move and move because they want that dream role. Mm. Um, but what would be the benefit of staying at a church? Because you've been at a lot for 10 years and, you know, you've just mentioned that it is beneficial. Like, yeah, what would you just say to someone who's, you know, just looking for that, using the church as a stepping stone? Mm. You know, if you could say to them, hey, maybe don't think like that. Don't have that mentality. Like, yeah, what would you say to them? If they have that mentality, um, I'd perhaps say you're in the wrong field. You know, you're, you're, you, no. you shouldn't be a pastor, right? Because, and again, I know it's more nuanced than that. No yeah. one is ever going to come out and say, I'm only going to take on this two or three year role yeah, so yeah. I can, you know, go to something bigger and better. Yeah, like, yeah. I know it's, it is more nuanced, but, 
But if there is a kind of underlying mentality or thought that, you know, I'm striving to something more, I, uh, I'd really question whether they're, they're, they're in the right, on the right path as, as yeah. a pastor. Because um, the benefit to being there long term, I mean, you know, I've, I've seen um, some of our, our especially the, who, who are now young adults, yeah. who are in like year five and year six and are now leading our youth ministry or are now, wow. you know, leading our young adults ministry, those, those kind of things. Um, I'm not saying you can't have that kind yeah. of impact. I mean, take the Apostle Paul, right? Didn't, didn't he? He only stayed in some places as few as, you know, weeks yeah. or months. Um, some churches, two or three years. So I yeah. never want to say that there's no place for that. Yeah. I guess I'm talking more if what your motivation is. That's right. If your motivation, motivation is yeah. just to, okay, I'm only going to take on um, this assistant role, do my time at this church, and move, on, and move on to be a senior bigger. or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Um, the temptation would be to not really establish your roots in that. Because I think that's that's what it needs. The people need to see that you're you're all in. My roots yeah. are established yeah. here, like... And I, I genuinely feel that about, about yeah. my... And I've learned that from, you know, guys I've looked up to who have been... And maybe I'm just cut from that same cloth, right? Who have just yeah. been in churches for 40, 50 years. Yeah, yeah. And you see that they, you know, they're, they're now, you know, um, baptizing the grandkids of, of people that they once yeah. baptized. You know, that kind of... And I, I just, I look at that. Yeah. And I think... I would love to be involved in that kind of ministry. Yeah. Um, God could call me somewhere else. God yeah. could, could say, look, it's time for you to, to go. And if, if he's, you know, we always want to be open to that. That's right. But it's more your motivation. It's what the like, motivation yeah. is. If it's just to, you know, go on to something bigger and better yeah, yeah. and say, you know, maybe maybe do something no. else. Yeah. yeah. And that, look, as pastors, that's what we've really got to think about, you know, mm. is our motivation on everything that we do. That's right. Because, um, yeah, sometimes we can kind of get an autopilot or, Kind of like you were saying before, even after Bible college, you know, this relaxed mentality, not going to church, don't want to spiritual life, you mm. know, that can happen to, to all of us or any of us. As pastors, you know, one of the things I always think, okay, how do you do this, right? Because you've, you know, it blows my mind that you've been at Alaba for 10 years, yes. right? Um, so for me, I kind of think, surely you've had periods where you kind of like got an autopilot in ministry. So you just do the things just because you know how to do it, whatever, preaching and, you know, man and music, whatever it is. Um, or sometimes you wake up and you think, man, I just want to give up. So, like, when you have those type, like, I'm assuming you have had those thoughts, mm. Um, mm. what do you do to energize yourself? What do you do to refocus? What do you do to kind of recalibrate yourself? Be like, no, like, no, like, this is ministry. This is what I love doing. This is what God's called me to do. Yeah. Again, it's it's a hard one to answer, isn't it? Because... I want to ask these hard questions, man. Yeah, like, no, it, it, <laughs> It's hard because it's hard to, to pinpoint any, any yeah. one thing or any one practice or any one discipline. This is an interesting conversation that we had with um, a group of us who did church together on Sunday. We watched it online and then that just led to a, a massive discussion yeah. where, um, you know, we were talking about even my role of um, having to, to, to preach you yeah. know, every week. Yeah. And specifically right now, we're going through, you know, 1 Thessalonians and talking about joy, you know, joy, rejoicing, all, rejoice always. Wow. And what Paul has in mind in the context is, you know, he's talking to a church that's suffering, persecuted, mm. even in the midst of that suffering, rejoice, right? Yeah. And, um, and the conversations that we're having led to prayer and specifically prayer for, 
you know, our family, you know, I'll, I'm happy to be open and vulnerable with, with yeah. you, you know, me and, you know, my family. But we're having a really hard time with our son right now, who's just for, you know, various reasons, decide to, to, turn, to turn his back on God, turn his back on us. Yeah. Um, and in pastoral ministry, that's, that's hard, you know, because yeah. then I need, to, I need to get up and, and preach on joy and pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. And so I was just telling that group that we were with on Sunday, I was just saying, I, th- I think I can, I can pinpoint, you know, where pastors might burn out or they might okay. um, leave the ministry. It's yeah. when you stop believing what your your it stops I'll never forget this I was at um at a conference one time and and this is I only remembered one thing from the whole conference the the guy who was speaking said um especially you who are ministers and you're preparing you know is um is the bible a text that you're studying or is it food that you need to sustain you every day something along those yeah, lines yeah, yeah. And, and you who has to preach every now and again, you know, like yeah. we can use the scriptures as a textbook yeah. where I'm preparing. I can, I, can put, I can write a really good essay about what Paul means in the Greek, about rejoicing always and all that kind of thing, and then deliver it to the church on a Sunday. Yeah. But that's different to whether it's, this is actually, and I'm, sent, I'm needing this right now. Like, God, I need to be yeah. sustained by what I'm reading right now because... It's hard what our family is going through right yeah. now. And so I'm living. And if, if I didn't have to preach on Sunday about rejoicing through the suffering, yeah. um, the whole whole week's endeavor of preparing the sermon would have been worth it because yeah. my soul needed to hear this. I needed to, to learn this. And and again, I've just been, maybe because I'm, again, cut from a, a cloth of, of um, being part of churches and having men in my life who have just not only you know, taught me the Bible faithfully, have lived it out faithfully, where every time I come to whatever ministry it is or to preparing a sermon, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, with, it's with fear and trembling. It's like, yeah. God, the moment I stop believing this and I'm just up there in autopilot, deliver- and, and look, let's be honest, some, sometimes we're gonna, it, that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're just going yeah. right. to, you know, let one in that we've just put on all the part. We're busy, yeah. whatever it is, and we understand yeah, yeah. that. Um, but when it comes to like you, you mentioned before, addictions, yeah. all these kind of things that um, that might you know, and we're all all of us attempted. Yeah. But I'm I'm my my hope my my prayer is that there will always be that fear of God to yeah. the point where like this this healthy fear of God, but still it's fear nonetheless. Um, where I'm not, uh, I'm taking his word seriously enough. Yeah. Um, when I prepare, when I teach it, it's what sustains me. Because uh, we never want to get to that point where you know you're, you're, we're, we become hypocrites. Yep. You know, right. or we, we, we've got all these hidden because the guilt of sin and shame and all these hidden things. Man, that's paralyzing. Yeah. And that's and, and and I wonder, I wonder as you know, being very honest, I wonder if sometimes ministry and the burnout of it all can become so hard for pastors, because you talked about um you know, guys that we've heard about who've committed yeah. suicide. Yeah. Or they they'll go out and, you know, 
have an affair or do something like yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if it get the pressure if it gets too much maybe where they 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 need an out and That's so they, true, they yeah. sabotage it yeah. i don't know do you a know secret what I mean? life or secret yeah, life, yeah. something so. but it's their way out because we're trying yeah. to find we're trying to find a way to yeah, yeah. It's too, it gets too much so but then like kind of like what you're saying is that and again, we don't want to judge people because we don't know how mm. everyone's different. But at the same time, you can't think, yeah, the word of God shouldn't just be a text. It That's should right. be our our daily food, the daily bread. Yeah. And that was kind of sustain us and helps us in that. Now, I know, um, you know, for yourself, that's good. That It sounds like when you preach, you know, you kind of preach to yourself yeah. uh, first, trying to get all those nutritions. Then you kind of say, hey, to your congregation, look, this is what I've learned. Um, and I've known you for, for years and... Um, you know, I've heard you preach. I've come actually come preach at your church as well. And I know you love always getting better at preaching and teaching. Um, but let me ask you this. And, and again, this is where I come from. So we get all these amazing pastors these days just because of, of internet. So we've got Tim Keller, Francis Chan, Matt yep. Chandler, yes. um, John Dixon. Well, all that stuff, right? And then, you know... Do you ever get scared that, you know, congregation can hear you on a Sunday, right? But then during the week, they listen to all these amazing pastors and then they kind of compare you and be like, oh, you know, Roy's not, or Lisa's not like him. Or like, do you ever feel that pressure to be like, I kind of have to be like a certain Tim Keller and stuff? And if you do, how do you, how do you deal with that? So I, I would say I do feel that pressure at times, but never because it's imposed by my church. Yeah. Or by the people there who are listening to, because you know all of our churches there, you know people yeah. are listening to yeah. preachers who are who are way better than us, yeah. you know, and and but I've never felt the pressure coming from them from that them I need stuff, to yeah. be like anyone, you know, and that, and that obviously you'd think that should kind of relieve the pressure, yeah, but it, but the pressure is self imposed, I guess, because. Yes. Um, we do want to get better. We do, you know, listen back and read over some of our sermons and we cringe, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Even know, if you preach so, the day before. That's like, right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and we, we feel terrible on a Monday and all these, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so how do, how, how do you deal with that? Um, and that's, that's a good question. How do I deal with that? I guess what I try to do is um, make no... Um, make no uh, assertion at all that okay. I'll ever be okay. one of yeah. these guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Put that on the table. So I'll never be the next Tim Keller. All right. Fine. Okay. You, you, you and I, Alicia, <laughs> we're never going to be the next Francis Chan. Okay. All right. Once we're okay with that, yeah. Now it's like okay. Now we can we can get on to yeah, yeah. the ministry God has called us to yeah. to the people that That's He's called good. us to. Right. Yeah. Um, and then try to get a bit like one of the things I'm that's going through in my and not just in ministry, just with my even um, I started running again and doing exercise. Yeah, yeah. Is this like just being being better than yesterday? And I got that from this 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 one. Uh, I've actually gotten into reading quite a bit, but not like actually reading. I don't read well listening. So Audible, you've heard yeah, of Audible. Yeah, yeah. I just finished this book. Uh, a guy called David Goggins. It's called Can't oh. Hurt Me. Okay. Ex Navy Seal, and yeah, you know yeah. it's just. I think I like guys like him because he's just like, stop having a pity party. You want to achieve something, get on with it <laughs> yeah, and yeah, do yeah. it. Like, yeah, what yeah, toughen up. Just toughen yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Stop being a snowflake. Get, get on with it and just do it, right? <laughs> yeah. And again, maybe I'm just wired that way. Yeah. So I feed from that. But, but his kind of thing, as in, in all of the different areas of life, he was trying to get yeah. better. It was remove this mentality that you're trying to beat someone else. 
because yeah. you're never going to be able to do that. No, that's right. But if your mentality is you want to beat yourself, so, then then you, you act. That's realistic. Yeah. So so you're going to beat yourself, be better than yesterday. And so I've been trying to do that. Obviously, yes, my sweet. my running times. Yeah, yeah. And then that's been helpful even in ministry because I'm now I'm not trying to be as good as Keller or Chandler yeah. or Chan. Um, I just want to be uh, a better, a better, yeah. um, better prepared, better in my delivery for my people yeah. next time. Yeah. And taking on that mentality has, has kind yeah. of helped a lot. That's that's really good. That's good. And um, yeah, I'll take that advice definitely because yeah, it sucks, and I think it's just pressure we we put ourselves on. But mm. kind of like you said, um, yeah, don't worry about others. Think about yourself. Um, that's good. Now. Thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. I do want to just think about in regards, one last question, if that's okay, in regards to ministry, right? Yes. So let's say you could go back in time, right? And you can, you have a chance, five minutes to talk to uh, a Roy that's about to enter ministry, mm-hmm. okay? So maybe in those SMBC days, uh, what advice would you give him? You've got 10 years of experience now. Like yep. What advice would you give this young, naive, um, you know, Roy Gomes is about to enter ministry. Mm. I would say this is very real to me. Yeah. So I finished Bible college and with a whole bunch of other people who were finishing Bible college around the same time and some of my friends would go on to plant churches yeah. um, and really, really great, healthy, thriving churches and so I spent a lot of my those initial years coveting their ministry. Yeah. You know, um, seeing the way they coveting the team, the staff that they had. You know, yeah. they were part of these bigger teams. And um, and I think I would say to Roy, you know, spend less time uh, coveting their ministry. Yeah. Um, really, just just dig deep into. Um, the ministry God has called you to, the people He has called you to. Yeah. Um, learn from them, yeah. and they've been these pastor friends of mine. They've been amazing, and hey, whatever resource, whatever way I can help or bless you, they've always been there for me, right? Yeah. Um, but then you know, it's like with the Keller or the Chan or the yeah. Chandler. You know, I'm I'm not them. I haven't yeah. been gifted the way they have. Uh, I'm not as you know smart or eloquent or whatever as as they are. Um, but there's a reason God in his wisdom has mm. chosen to, to bring my wife and I to Alawa to the specific people that he has, he's called us to. Yeah. Um, like Paul says to Timothy, fulfill your ministry. And, and what does that look like yeah. for you? Um, I guess the other thing that I tell Roy, uh, which kind of has to do with that, is, uh, is again, something I've heard from a pastor one time. It just always stuck with me. He said, um, you take care of the, the depth of your ministry. And God will take care of the breadth of it, yeah, right? Nice. So, you go you go deep in the things that you need to go deep in, deep yeah. in studying God's word, deep in in preparing to to feed your church with the word of God, deep in cultivating relationships with the people in your church. Yeah, and God will take care of um, the reach that your church will have, the impact yeah. or not, how big or not your church will get. God takes care yeah. of that. Um, I think I told the younger Roy that yeah. um, go deep, keep going deep, uh, take take the people deep with you, yeah. you know, and then uh, let God take care of you know what kind of impact your church will have, the reach it will have, um, 
how big or small the church is. My preference, I love the size that we are. We're, we're, we're running at about 70 adults or so. Yeah. And at least um, I never want to get in the way of what God may be wanting. Like he may, yeah. may want to make us a huge church. I don't know. Um, some might say, Roy, you're just, you're just comfortable. You like yeah. being comfortable. I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. Still I think we all are. Yeah, but I just, sure. I just love where I am. Love the people yeah. God has, has put around, around us. And um, just trying to take them deep in the word of God because that's where we can know God. Roy, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And uh, hopefully it's been worthwhile for you. I know it has been worthwhile for me. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you soon. Wasn't that awesome hearing Roy speak openly about his life and ministry? And uh, hopefully it was a challenge for you. I know it was, um, it was challenging for me just to think about his stories and how God's uh, been faithful to him and how he's committed to his church. And I uh, hope you can think about that in your life in regards to God and how he's been faithful to you, but also just in regards to being faithful and committed to your own church, to your calling and um, you know, knowing that God's put you there for a reason. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and if possible, write a review. And if you're on social media, uh, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at Don't Tell God or on Twitter at Don't Tell God One. That is the number one. Uh, also, if you really like to, you can email me at don'ttellgod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Catch you all next time.